Hey, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name is Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We've been friends for over 15 years, and every single week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do. Mike Lawson, yes, we do. That is what we do every single week without fail. We never, ever, ever miss a week. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? (laughs) We just talked for half an hour. I know. (laughs) We do it a lot. Um, I'm good. Things are good. What's going on with you, though? Like, tell me a story. I'm going to tell you something, Mike Lawson. People are going to be so excited because anyone, people love when I have stories about my parents or Mm -hmm. the Johns. I think it's your mom's. Well, no, people like your dad when you do the impressions of your dad, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mouth full of marbles. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something the other day. Have you seen this documentary, The Keepers? No, I'm familiar, though. It's on Netflix. It's about a murdered nun. Okay, mm-hmm. so my parents love anything about murder and nuns. So I'm like, this is up your alley. Go, I'll watch it with you guys, you know? Oh, you know what? I did see it. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I, I was getting it mixed up with something else in my brain, but I totally saw it. It's like the two like students of hers like, researched yes. the murder. Which, yeah, 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 which by the it. way... Let's talk about this. People have even seen it. It's about, yeah, Mike hit the nail on the head. It's two former students of hers who are investigating her murder. Mm-hmm. Why do they look ancient, Mike? They look 90, and the murder was like 30 years. Yeah, Mike, they're, <laughs> they're literally our parents' age. Well, they've, I don't know, maybe murder takes a toll on a person. <laughs> I know. They, I'm all like, what are they doing? Because be, there'll be people that are older than they are in the show. Like, I'm all, you look better. Yeah. Than them. Like, they look old. It looks like someone's murdering them very slowly. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I go, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it with you guys. And so it's time to you know settle down and watch this, you know. And, Mike, it's like, it's like teenagers. They're like teenagers. My dad's on Facebook. Uh-huh. And my mom is staring at her phone. By the way, this yeah. is not my, well, everyone should know this is not a planned story. This is me just telling the story. There wasn't going to be a story about my parents this week. So, um, so I'm like, okay, let's start this. And my mom goes, Who wrote the, the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson or John Adams? And I go, Thomas Jefferson. Okay. And I go, All right, let's, let's come on, let's start this. Let's start this. I want to get this out of the way. What person. Uh, what queen had the longest reign before Queen Elizabeth? Queen Victoria? Or, I'm not even joking, like, it'll be a stupid one too, but Queen Victoria or Queen of the Damned? <laughs> um, what's going on here? I'm, Joey, I'm doing this trivia game, okay? Can you just tell me? I'm like, Queen Victoria. She goes, just, just, just come on, it's almost done. My dad, by the way, contributed nothing, just reading Facebook. Mm-hmm. What piece of land did Thomas Jefferson buy from the French? The Louisiana Purchase? You know, or a boat? And I'm like, the Louisiana Purchase. Mike, this keeps going. And I'm like literally dying. And then she goes, let me see my score. Ooh. 
90 this is too easy yeah, for who <laughs> who's this too easy not for you you didn't you, she goes like who shot lincoln john wilkes booth <laughs> or and it's like uh, and then she goes huh. tupac yeah but then she goes she's like huh they think i'm stupid of course it's john wilkes booth meanwhile she doesn't know anything who helped lewis and clark on the expedition pocahontas or sacajawea and you're like sacajawea mike it was just trivia 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 and yeah. then she's making fun of the contest how easy it is but in her i in her defense yeah I, the way we watch TV now is with a, th- a second screen in front of our faces. I've noticed when Steve is over and we're watching TV, I tend to just watch TV and I don't have my phone out. Neither and do I. I fall asleep watching TV. Oh. But when he's not here, I always have that second screen and I multitask while I watch TV. And I'm, I don't know. I, that's just the way we watch TV. I, think, I cannot multitask. I can't. I have to. We know. <laughs> I know, seriously. Um, I I cannot multitask, so I can't have a second screen in front of me. I have to give my devoted attention. Here's the funny thing, though. I have the worst memory, and I cannot remember anything that I've seen, even if I just saw it like a few weeks ago. You know, really? like, mm-hmm. and I'll be super into it. Like, for instance, whenever Game of Thrones is on, and Game of Thrones the next season's coming on, you know, in, a, in next week actually, next week in Game of Thrones, Mike, when I am watching Game of Thrones, I become Joe R. R. Martin. First, I already dress like him, so I've already got that down. I don't know who that is. George R. R. Martin is the guy who writes Game of Thrones, the book. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I totally know. Yeah. All right, so I already look like him, and I already dress like oh. him. So I already have that down. I become an expert in the land of Westeros. You know, I know all the battles and the histories and the lineage, and then the season ends, and it's like, whew, I cannot tell you a thing that happened last season. Yeah, yeah, it's too complicated for me to get into. Like, did you, you ever try? Who, yep, I've watched the first like three episodes probably five times, and it just doesn't hook me. And I, so many people I respect and who have good opinions about entertainment, and I usually agree with, like you, like it. So I feel like there's something there. It just doesn't. Do it for me. Here's the thing with Game of Thrones. I'll tell you, I'm not. I'm not advocating for you to watch it. I'm just saying this is. There is. There seems to be a a, a pattern here, which is, and that I can't. This doesn't count for season one, but for the subsequent seasons, which is, the first episode is amazing, fantastic, you know, wonderful, beautiful. Looks like Linda Evangelista. Mm-hmm. Then you'll have an, but then it's boring episodes. And then there'll be maybe a kind of interesting episode in the middle. And you're like, and then like by episode seven, you're like, I just waste seven weeks of my life on this bullshit, right? And then episodes eight, nine, and ten will just blow your fucking mind. And you're like, this is the greatest show ever. Okay. And it's like that every season. Now, if this season might be different because it's a shortened season, but every season is like, meh. In the whole season, then it's the last few episodes. Now, I think season one might be kind of like that, but I think it's a lot of like almost like a long pilot season. So there's all these names to catch up on. But I think, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, the, the end of the season, you're like, whoa. And you're like, okay, I'm in. But I'm not advocating for you to get into it, but I think that's the case. Yeah, it doesn't do it for me. That's fine. Yeah. Wait, was that... No, it's not even my story. Tri- trivia game? What's, what's going on with you? Yeah, I was just basically telling you... This, I, this is just from the, the, the precursor, but how there's a story about the Johns. Okay. So, 
friend of the John sh- Paul, John and Paul, Evil John, and Evil John. Oh, by the way, that even though this story happened a while ago, I saw John Paul the other day who gave me my birthday present. Which oh yeah, <laughs> I wanted to know what it was. Okay, so people, everyone should know. Mike and I recorded an amazing episode last week, and my internal mic was on, and not my regular mic. And usually, that- I feel like this is just an excuse we can use anytime we don't put out an episode. <laughs> no, I'll release it. But the thing is, unlike Mike, I walk around while I'm talking, so I'll carry the mic with me, or I'll lean back in my chair, and so like yeah. it's unusable because at certain points I'm just like. If I'm far away, because I'm far away from the computer. Anyway, in that episode, I talked about how uh, John Paul had a mystery. And I'll represent the mystery, and then I'll solve it. Which is, John Paul had said, I bought you a birthday present. I hope no one got it for you. Um, I heard an ad for it on the radio. And so... I think the way you told it, too, he said, I want to give it to you quickly, yes. just in case someone else gets it. Yes. I want to give yeah. it to you as soon as possible, because I'm afraid someone else will give it to you. Right. So now I talked to my cousin Richard. He had a good guess as to what what it was. Did you have a guess? Uh, well, you gave me the educated guess beforehand, and I just went with the guess. Oh, so my cousin. For those of you who are new to the show, uh, 190 episodes in, I have a gay cousin named Richard who's a week younger than me and gay. And his guess was a squatty potty because and? they have ads on the radio. I guess. Yeah. And, uh, but, but then why? But I don't understand the urgency yeah, of that. Like, that's the thing is everyone wants to get Joe a squatty potty. Yeah, but that was what, that was what I was thinking. like, but why would John Paul be so worried? Because you're so full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was the easy joke. No, I didn't even think I was good. So, okay. So I saw John Paul over the weekend and he gave me his present. And by the way, when I, let me tell you something. When I saw him, he was like, um, uh, oh, let me give you this present now because I just need to give it to you now. Like, there was an urgency even when I saw him. Okay? Okay. It was a book. <laughs> it was okay. a book called L.A. Mexicano, right? Written okay. by this author named Bill Esparza, who I actually do like his stuff. And I think he's yeah. legit. And it's a book, a book. I'm sorry. It's a book about the Los Angeles Mexican food scene. That's nice. It is very nice. And the reason the radio came into it, I misunderstood him. He had heard Bill Esparza on KPCC on the local public uh, radio station. Okay. So it wasn't like an ad. Yeah, I, I. He said he must have said he heard about it on the radio, and I heard ad. Sure. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I can, then I could see why he would think people would get it from me. It's like a cookbook about Mexican food. It just came out. Maybe they heard it on the radio. Maybe they saw it at a bookstore. And so I understand it all. But it, it's an amazing book, by the way, and I highly recommend it to everybody. It is legit about uh, about that stuff. Oh, by the way, that day that I saw John Paul, we went to Umami Burger. They have those in the Bay Area, correct? Uh, yeah, we have a couple. Mike Lawson. Have you had this Impossible Burger at Umami? No, but it's on my... I know exactly what you're talking about. Did you like it? Mike, it is so good. Now, I'll give Let's it... Let's tell people. Okay. Tell people what it is. The Impossible Burger... Now, the actual burger itself, the actual quote-unquote patty, is vegan. Okay? You don't have to quote-unquote the patty word, because it is still a patty. No, I, I would quote-unquote like not like the whole burger package. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so, the patty, not... 
I get yeah, it. Yeah, so the patty, not the whole burger. Just because, you know, you can people might mistake the burger for the sandwich or the burger as the burger or the patty. Sure. So for the patty portion, it's, it itself is vegan. All the stuff that umami puts on it uh, is not considered vegan. Still vegetarian. Necessarily. It's not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so you're saying there's some ingredients that are not vegan, yeah. but you could get vegan options or have them remove that. I assume so. You could talk to them. Yeah. Because even the waitress was very clear, like, you're not vegan, are you? And just because they wanted right. to, people, vegans get really upset because there's something like sure. in the ketchup or something that, that they can't have. It's like when I get um, Thai food and I'm like, no meat, just tofu. They always say, like, do you still want egg? Because they're thinking like, oh, maybe he doesn't eat, you know. Well, do you eat cheese? Other things. I do. Yeah. yeah. I think well, they put cheese on it. I've, for the longest time, I've always said I'm not vegan because I can't find a good coffee cream alternative. I need something fatty yeah. in my coffee to make it good, and I can't just remove. Hey, <laughs> did someone say my name? <laughs> you need me. You need me. Uh, no, no, Granny. One, Granny. He he wasn't talking. That's not Granny, right? No, Poodle. That Poodle. Uh, uh, he was. Ta- I think he was talking about something else. Mike, I'm sorry that he interrupted. Joe. <laughs> yeah. So I need something fatty in my coffee and I've what? had um <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> But I have found I've cashew milk is amazing in coffee. Oh really? And so now my mornings are pretty much vegan. I do cashew milk if I need milk in the morning. Um I don't have any I don't drink dairy at home at all now. But I'm still not vegan because I can't give up cheese. But for the longest time, my excuse was because I can't find a good coffee alternative. And now that I have, I don't know. I have no excuse. But go on. I'm sorry. Okay. So the Impossible Burger. So we order them. Both of us have eaten that. We want to try it. And uh, so we split the Impossible Burger. And Umami is not the only place that sells it. There's a handful of places that have oh, Impossible really? Burgers. Yeah. Oh, I assume that they were the only people selling it right now. It's, so it's kind of like... It's a brand. So, like, a Boca Burger is a brand of vegetarian burger. You could get it at a few places. Garden Burgers, you could get it at a few places. And the Impossible Burger, it's not widely widely distributed like Garden Burgers are, but um, you can get them a few places. In the Bay Area, at least. Yeah, maybe, it's in the Bay. maybe, 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 yeah. Yeah, maybe only in L.A. can you get it at, at Umami. So, sure. anyway, um, I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to give you the honest, honest opinion here. Okay. Is it 100% meat? No. But I'm going to tell you something. It's 90%. You mean 90% like feels like meat? Because it's, it's not meat. It's not meat. It's I, a, well, it's I, would say, I, would say, I would say everything but the flavor is almost 100%. Okay. I would say, and the flavor is, and I'm saying 90%. And you know yeah. what? To be honest with you, I could be even a little low there. It's very, very, very close. Very close. And I, it, to the point where, like, I feel you could, if, you, if you're this kind of person, give it to your father. Yeah. And he wouldn't know. And he wouldn't know. What's weird is I don't, so as a vegetarian, I don't love fake meat. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't crave necessarily, like, a burger. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm super curious. I want to try it. I just don't know where I'm going to land on it. That's all. Well, that's the thing is, I think what people underestimate about it is it's actually a good burger. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If people eat it like a, like a, like they're doing it as a test, you yeah. know? But then they're forgetting it. It's actually a very solid burger in and of itself. The the one at least the one that Umami's packaged together, it's very good. Like if it was if it was meat, you would think it was a great burger. 
Sure. You know? I, I'll give it a try. Yeah. I, I like umami a lot. They have a... What's weird is I there's a salad on their menu that I have trouble not ordering because it's so good. It's like beets and there's like goat cheese on it. Oh, really? Oh, you know what? My my friend ordered that with us. We, it was John, myself, and my friend. Yeah. We ordered, now you would never get this, the Brussels sprouts with uh, like basically giant pieces of bacon in it. Mm-hmm. And it was delicious. I really like uh, some uh, grilled Brussels sprouts, though. Uh, but you're right, the bacon probably – like looking at the menu and it says like with bacon, I could certainly say like, can I get this without bacon? Mm-hmm. But it feel they're going to charge me the same price and I don't know. It's hard to talk myself into doing that because I feel like that bacon probably makes them good. Oh, yeah. But I will say yeah. there's a sauce in it. That we, we, we're talking – we're not giving such a free commercial to Mommy Burger right now. The point of this story <laughs> – You know what? This is just two friends catching it's up. It's just two Joe. friends catching up and we're going on our tangents and, and doing our thing. But the, the point of this story was I saw John Paul on Sunday, okay? And we hung out. And then later on, uh, I knew he was going to go to a play with his boyfriend, Evil John. And I'm on Instagram – and I see Evil John's Instagram, and it's from some, like, amusement park-style, like, show about, like, Marvel superheroes on stage fighting each other. Okay. That he went to. And I, so I text message John Paul, and I say, um, I say, did you and EJ, for short for Evil John, go to some Marvel, like, fighting match somewhere at Staples Center and I you know he takes a long time to respond so I just send a text message and I move on with my day yeah I'm walking around I get this text message from John Paul EJ question mark question mark question mark question mark and then I go what and then I get a message from Evil John saying EJ question mark question mark question mark and I realize and I get a, a frantic text message from John Paul saying John was playing on my phone he just saw what you wrote and um, he he wants to know who EJ is, and so I go, Evil John. I was using, I was using text to speech. It just called to you that. No, I just said Evil John. <laughs> I didn't. I, here's the funny thing. I didn't even make up the name Evil John. That that name came from them to California from Florida. That was given to Evil John in in when they lived in Orlando. I didn't even make it up. So I I, I just go. I I didn't make up that name. You've had it for years. I didn't back down. Yeah. Which goes to this next story. Well, you didn't do anything wrong, I guess. I mean... He, I call him Evil John to his face. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, but th- again, this is the point of the story, Mike, is friend of the show, Jay Ellis, host of uh, After Buzz TV's uh, dr- uh, RuPaul's Drag Race After Show. Yeah. One of the hosts. By the way... One, one of the better ones. He's the only good one, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've actually never heard it. Oh. That was shade just for shade's sake. Mike, it is so bad. It's horrible, right? Jay Ellis is the only saving grace on this show. They're all over the place. It's, it's very popular, though, because it's a network, and it's on YouTube. So the YouTube numbers are big, and he had, and all these little gay boys are so thirsty for this Jay He's a Ellis. handsome man, because he's a handsome man. Jay Ellis is a handsome man. But here's the thing. I have this relationship with Jay Ellis where, and I've told Jay Ellis this, I've sort of put him in the same box as like you and Sweet Michael and 
like actually John Paul's a good example where people tell me, Oh, they're so handsome. Everyone and everyone else over twenty five. Anyone over twenty <laughs> the twenty fifth birthday hits and I'm like, Ugh right? And uh I, I, I tell John Paul and I go like no I'm talking I'm sorry, I tell JL is like I just don't see him in a sexual way. You know, I just don't. And so um, I, I can appreciate that he's a nice-looking man, and, and I'm, I'm okay with that. But, you know, I just, just don't see him that way. He's my friend. So he tells me he's in this musical, okay? Which, by the way, is in the basement of a gay Mexican restaurant. <laughs> okay? Sold. So, exactly. <laughs> like, from this already, it's going to be really great or really awful? Okay, I can give you the answer. It's horrible. Okay, it's. A, well, I already know what it is yeah. too, and that <laughs> it was a mashup of Rocky Horror Picture Show and uh-huh. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Now, I will say, in the episode we recorded last weekend, I did about forty-five minutes about this show. Yeah, I don't know if I want to do another forty-five minutes about this show since we just did twenty minutes on the Impossible Burger. Sure, it really could have gone either way when you told me what it was. Like, I could see that being done right. I could also see it kind of being lazy and not working out, you know? Well, it wasn't... I, I, won't, I wouldn't call it lazy. It was okay. just horribly misguided. Like, yeah. as I was telling you before, is if it was just a concert version of both of those, like the first act was the Rocky Horror Picture Show concert, and the second act was the Hedwig and the Angry Inch concert, it would have been fantastic. People had great voices. Uh, they weren't terrible actors. Uh, it, it was just... It would just be a thing, you know? But the problem is that they didn't do that, and they wrote some horrible, horrible frame story about they're in a mental hospital, and I, I actually don't even know what was going on in this play. I, I couldn't even tell you. And it was terrible. But this Jay Ellis was so good. But Jay Ellis is wearing next to nothing in this yep. play. Next to nothing. Has the play already closed? Because I feel like you're trying to sell tickets. No. Oh, you know what? It's coming back for one week in August, I think. The first week in August or last week in July, if anyone wants to go see it. So if you want to see Jay Ellis naked, go. He's basically naked, yeah. So that which made me uncomfortable when I was there. I was like, this is awkward. Which, by the way, and I know Jay Ellis listens to this show. I never realized Jay Ellis had such a good body. Which someone said to me, like... um, how could you say you didn't think JLS had a good body? His Instagram, he has no shirt on in all the pictures. And I was like, I, I just, yeah, never, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, just, I, I saw the body in real life, I guess. And I was like, oh, who knew this was going on? Hmm. Anyway. So we got the play out of the way, right? So Jay Ellis invites me and he goes, I have, you know, a couple of free tickets for this Saturday. So I called John Paul and said, hey, do you want to go? And he goes, well, let me see if what Evil John's plans are. Now, Mike, I am so experienced in this Evil John that I decide, you know what? I'm going to play this smart, and I'm going to personally invite Evil John and tell him everything that this is so there are no surprises. Okay? Sure. So I, hey, EJ. Hey, Evil John. <laughs> <laughs> you might like this. is about evil things. Um... I go, listen, Evil John, there's this play. My friend Jay Ellis is in it. This is what it's about. It's a boo. Everything I just tell you, right? Do yeah. you want to go? And he texts back, you know, 
he sends a text message back and he says, yeah, it sounds good. Let's go. Great. The day of, by the way, Jay Ellis is kind enough to even weasel out a free ticket for Evil John. The day of the show, John Paul and I talk and John Paul's like, what do you want to do for dinner beforehand? Oh, because even though it's a gay Mexican restaurant, the food is horrible and the prices are expensive. So it's like, I'm not going to pay a lot of money for shitty food, but sure, sure. I was prepared to go there in case Evil John had one of his uh, trademark Evil, Don, Evil John tantrums. Okay. Prepared to go there. John Paul goes, we agree on this Thai restaurant that's really close to the to the place, and let's go. I pull up, because it, it's on my way. They're on my way. I pull up in front. I'm going to pick them up. Evil John's already on the corner. He looks so angry on this corner. I'm already giggling, because I already know he's pissed. Because always in the early stages, I'm amused by it. Sure. John Paul standing there. Evil John gets in the car. I go, what's wrong? And he goes, what is this? Where are we going to? And I go, I already told you. It's a play about this. And I go, what's going on? Well, Timoteo, my friend, is having a birthday party. And it's an underwear party. And I want to go to that. I was like, go. We can drop you off. No, let's just go. <laughs> and where are we eating? What is this? Yeah, <laughs> where are we eating? <laughs> and I go, we're gonna eat at uh, Night Market Song. What? He he, kind of your story. It makes him sound like sort of like a grumpy, sort of insane old man. Like mm-hmm. just mad at everything. Okay, questions everything. Yes. After you explain everything, he. Said he was okay with it, but then when it happens, he's not. Yeah, he's and you a, have to re-explain it. Yeah, he's a cranky and crazy it. old man. I yeah. mean, that, that, that's an accurate impression. So we go to Night Market Song. What? I don't know what this is. I go, okay. I go, listen, <laughs> we can go to the Mexican restaurant. Because they're like, why don't we just go to the Mexican restaurant? It's in a restaurant. And I go, we can go there. Do you want to go there? No. Let's just go. And I go, okay. So we go there. And John Paul and I, by this point, are very good at just ignoring him. He just plays Candy Crush the whole time, and we just talk about whatever we're talking about. <laughs> he sits at the dinner table and plays Candy Crush? Oh, yeah. We get to the restaurant. <laughs> we, Mike, we get to the restaurant. Well, first of all, we, you know, it's like a 20-minute wait. The whole time, he's just sitting down, like, pouting, playing Candy Crush. And what's okay. funny is, like a child, he doesn't even turn it down. You're just hearing, ding, ding, oh, ding, God. you know? And again, I can't handle it. Like, John Paul and I are like, like parents of like a bratty kid. And so we just like ignore. We're the parents who want to hear, like, why don't they fucking just hit their kid on the airplane? We're yeah. those parents. We're just like, I don't know. What, he's not bothering us. So we're, gonna, we're not going to, we're not going to upset the apple cart here. Right. You, know? you don't know what the alternative of this is. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, we, so we've learned to just tune him out and just carry on a conversation as if he, by the way, he's a 52 year old man. Right. But we're, we're treating him like he's a, a 11 year old boy. Well, this is further proof that like children and grumpy old men have so much in, tr- in common too. Yeah, like that's a that's a well known thing. Like, yeah, like action figures and all that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we get down. We sit down. We sit down, and he goes. Uh, uh, we finally got a table, and he goes, "What kind of food is this? Like, Where are we? Where, what is this? Where are we? What is this place? <laughs> Mike? Yes, kind of. And he goes, "It's a Thai restaurant." 
you know I can't eat any of this food. And even oh so, I'm like, God. we can get up and go. Yeah, let's go anywhere. Let's go anywhere. Where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. Tell us where to go. We'll go. Because we also were really early. Like, the play is at 8.30 and at 6 o'clock. So it's not like we're, like, pressed for time. Right. I can go get him a Happy Meal or something. And we should have just done that. We should have <laughs> pulled in McDonald's. And he walks in with his little, like, you know, like, Despicable Me 3 toys <laughs> and plays with them at the table. He plays in the ball pit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me some quarters! <laughs> there aren't even any arcades here, John. I don't know. I want three quarters. <laughs> There's a ski ball machine in the back. There is? Yeah. He'd find it. Yeah, he would find it. So he goes, I can't have any of this food. You know I don't eat carbs. No. You know I don't eat carbs. Okay. <laughs> so John's like, I already looked, and, and there is a shrimp and green bean plate. Fine. And that thing where he's just looking at his phone and says, fine, he's not even looking at John Paul. Yeah. And John Paul and I ordered, and then the waiter comes, we order. By the way, let me tell you what John Paul and I ordered. We were split. John Paul and I love, John Paul and I love to split burgers. We split a, uh, a special Thai burger they had. Uh, some pad thai and oh, these like chicken wings or something. It's like it wasn't that much fun. He goes like, "Wow, guys, get enough food! Like we're splitting it. It's not even that much food." Also, who cares? Yeah. Also, who cares? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's not. Eat, he's not forced to eat it. Eat it right. Yeah. yeah. So now he's playing Candy Crush the whole time. His food. The food comes. They bring it. They put the shrimp and green beans in front of him. He's like, "What is this?" <laughs> And John Paul's like, it's shrimp and green beans. I don't want it. Mike doesn't touch it. Oh, God. Doesn't touch the, like the whole shrimp and green bean plate. John Paul and I pick at it, you know, but he doesn't even touch it. He just plays Candy Crush and drinks sake, right? Yeah. And so we wrap up at the Thai restaurant. We go to the Mexican restaurant. He goes, I want a drink now. So John Paul has to buy him a drink. Daddy has to buy him a drink. On an empty stomach. And then we go down to the theater, and the play, like I told you, the first act is awful. It's awful. And I look over, and I can see Evil John fuming. He's so mad, right? Okay. Intermission happens. And he, by the way, I want the record to show here, and I knew this before. The play's very short. It's a 45-minute first act, intermission, and a 45-minute second act. So it's not, not bad. Not a huge investment, right? Yeah, yeah. So forty-five minutes later, John, the play ends. You know, because this is in the basement of a of a gay Mexican restaurant. How um how like theater is it though? Like, is it just folding chairs in this bottom, or is it like actual theater seats, or what is that? It's look folding like? chairs. Okay, are they tiered in yes, any way, yes. like stadium seating a bit? Yeah, stadium seating, like a co- almost like a cabaret. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Evil John storms upstairs. John Paul and I are lagging behind, and he goes to get another drink on his empty stomach. On his empty stomach, and so John Paul and I are like, you know what? I go. Jay saw me from from the stage. I know he saw me. Oh, okay. I'm like, why don't we just leave? Why don't we? But just... he'll see that you're gone the second half. Yeah, I know, and I know. And so I go, why don't we just leave? I don't care. I'll explain to Jay. Like that's a great thing. Evil John is a great excuse. It's like having a baby. You know, like when you're, sure. oh, the baby was yeah. crying. You know, the diaper soiled. Yeah. You know, throwing up. Yeah. And um, I can just tell you know Jay what happened, and he'll get it right. And John Paul's like, yeah, I agree. Maybe we should go. So we go up to jo- Evil John, who's standing there, and we go, listen, we're gonna go. What? 
I go, yeah, let's just leave. You know, it's intermission. We'll just leave. What? We came all this way out here, and you came to see your friend, and you're being a fucking asshole and not see your friend afterwards? That's fucked up. Let's just stay for the whole thing. Oh, and we're like, are you sure? He goes, yeah, well, we're already here. Might as well just stay. Okay. And I was like, okay. And John Paul's like, okay. We go downstairs. By the way, as they're closing the doors, because they're going to start the second act, I get a text message from Evil. I'm mean, not from Evil John. From Jay Ellis saying, you guys can just leave during the f- intermission. Oh, how nice. Yeah. Maybe he heard John Paul screaming at the bar. <laughs> yeah, maybe. He's like, you guys may want to leave. We heard that there's like a little demon upstairs. <laughs> you may want to get out. You want to get out of here, yeah. Second <laughs> second act happens, right? Yeah. Do the time warp again. We do the time warp again. Yeah. Now, Evil John is like, his face is beet red. <laughs> it's like a cartoon. You can see the steam coming out of his ears. Like, steam. Like... Like, it was almost like a whistle, like a teapot. And he just storms upstairs. And I'm like, what? John and I look at each other like, what's going on? So he goes, let's go. And I go, what's what's wrong? Why are you pissed? You know fucking right darn, darn well why I'm pissed. Wait, I don't know why. I don't know why. To this day, I don't know why. You know, John Paul actually told me on Sunday, I can't remember. It was a, du- it might, it was a dumb reason, like, like. You knew that the play was... Why did we stay for the whole play or something like that? So I'm like, what? So now we're, I go... So I drove. So I go to the valet. And it's like $5. And I have $20. 20s on me. So I tell John Paul. I go, oh, I need to get change for the tip. He goes, oh, John Paul says, oh, I have ones. And I go, oh, can you give him the tip? And he, I go, he goes, yeah, 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 yeah. So I pay the valet who gives me three fives. What a dummy valet, right? Yeah. You don't want... Oh, well... He's thinking he's going to get fives back. Oh, there you go. (laughs) No. If he gives you ones, then you could split that five. exactly. Good point. And I was like, no. So he gives me three fives. And I go, you know what? See this guy for the tip. And Evil John goes, what? Wow. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Right? (laughs) But meanwhile, your connection got them these play tickets. And you drove them. Yeah, but I will say in fairness, John Paul does do give me a lot of free shit. No, totally. Yeah. But like, it's not unreasonable. Yeah, yeah. To... So we get in the car. and I guess it is kind of weird, though, if he, if he wasn't aware of the conversation that happened. That's true. He, he, was, he was off sulking or whatever, down. storming off, yeah. jumping up and down. And he's drunk. And he's drunk. <laughs> so we get in the car and he's just so pissed, right? And, and then I don't know why it comes up. But uh, he's bitching about something. And one of my biggest regrets is I got a genuine reaction from you on Sunday. This is not going to be a genuine reaction from this story. But my favorite story from the night is he's bitching how he had a shitty day at work that day. He goes, my boss told me I'm overacting at work. (laughs) Mike Lawson. He works at Universal Studios Uh as a statue. (laughs) I forgot about that story. He's overacting <laughs> as a statue? Yeah, that's great. I'm still... He maybe, you know, just has, like, too much emotion? Or, I don't know. I, I want to know how you're overacting when you're a statue. <laughs> how that happen? So, anyway, Jay Ellis was fantastic in the play. and his, Jay was fantastic in this horrible play. Good. And uh, he was great. And anybody who's thirsty for J. Ellis, you're going to want to run out and see this. 
play whatever it is at the at the Casita del Campo in Silver Lake uh, last week of July, first week in August or something. It's called like the Mitchell Sanatorium. It's something like that. And uh, go out and see it if you want to see this horror. It's only like, it's only an hour and a half, and you get to see an almost naked Jay Ellis. Sounds good to me. Thank you. And you and you get to see what made Evil John so angry. Okay, so Mike, what's going on with you? Um. Well, Joey, I had a theater story that I told you about in this episode that we re- recorded and got lost. Um, the gist of it is this: we have a play in town called "The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime." You've heard of it? Yeah. You know, actually, so we did talk about this, and you're gonna talk about it right now. But um, John Paul was saying that I should go see this. It was phenomenal. I um, maybe spoiler. I did actually get in to see it, but. My boss told me she would have tickets waiting for me uh, to go see it. So I show up at the theater. I invite my friend, uh, Jennifer. And I should tell you, before the play, like the the week leading up to the day I'm supposed to go see this, my boss is getting ready for a week-long vacation, okay? And she has a lot going on. She leaves for vacation, and we're starting to notice there's a few things that, like, didn't get taken care of. Um, and so in my head, as I'm getting ready to go to the play, I'm like, fuck, I hope she set up tickets for me. What if that's one of the things she forgot? Mm -hmm. And we also discussed on that other episode, Joey, I have this weird anxiety that comes to the surface when I'm at theater specifically. Why do you think that is? Did something happen to you as a child in a theater? I don't think so. I think it's just... Like the perfect kind of storm for all my anxieties to come to the surface. I don't like people kind of passing judgment on me. I don't like sticking out. So like in a quiet theater, if you're doing something loud, you're sticking. I don't I don't really know. I haven't been able to put my thumb on it. But we show up at the theater. I go to the box office and they're like, sorry, Mike, no tickets for you. So I'm like, fuck. Do they know you at this point? Do the people in the box office know you? No, they don't. So I don't know the the person in the box office, you know, by face exactly. Um, When I mentioned that my boss was supposed to have tickets, like he was, he knew what I was talking about, but he didn't, like I've never met the guy. Mm -hmm. And there is a table though, um, because this is a press night where um, uh, press can check in. So I go over and I'm like, maybe the tickets are here. Good guess. Uh, yeah, so I ask, and they're like, no, sorry. And luckily, one guy... I'm with the podcast was... catching up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, go right ahead in, sir. We have the best yeah. seats in the house for you. <laughs> um, so one guy at the table, though, he was he did know me, and he was nice, and he was like, look, all of the press aren't going to check in. Just kick it here, and we'll let you in before the show begins, but you just have to wait a bit. So... Um, me and my friend Jennifer are sitting there talking, and then my boss is boss. So not my boss, but my boss's boss comes by, and he sees us standing there. He talks to us, and he's like, you know what? I'll go get you a ticket. So he runs into the box office, clicks around on a computer a bit, and comes out. All of my coworkers, by the way, I don't think we mentioned this. We're sitting like in – I mean good – there's no bad seat in this theater, but um, sitting in like mm, basic seats – I got amazing seats, me and Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Like, really front of the orchestra, aisle seats, just really great. Are these the and best seats you ever had in the theater? No. I saw Newsies once. Um, not at the same theater, but at a, a very similar size theater. Mm-hmm. And I got those on StubHub, and they were phenomenal seats. John Paul and I were talking about this is going to age me. 
and not only age me, but gayify me. But, you know, I was the reason John, I've known John Paul since high school. Yeah. And the way we bonded was our love of musical theater in high school. And this is so bizarre because I can't imagine anyone in high school I know doing this. We used to go see musicals, like big musicals in high school. Okay. And I don't know how we did this, but we were like second row center for Sunset Boulevard, the original LA run with Glenn Close. Okay. I don't know how we did that. We were just we were just the other day talking about like how did we get that we didn't have money? Did you rush them maybe? I think we must have done a student rush. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean that's certainly possible. And then the rich person that bought those seats probably was like I forgot I even spent a grand on those seats. And, and well, also, in fairness, it was during then... previews. So oh, okay. that means a lot more to me. I remember it wasn't previews. So, we, yeah, we saw the yeah. original uh, LA run of uh, like second row center. That's crazy. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so, anyway, uh, we see the, the show. D- Joey, um, by the way, when you enter the theater, the, the set is amazing. It's weird. Um, and there's a dead dog on the, st- a fake dead dog on the stage when you enter the, sh- uh, the theater. Mm-hmm. And. They have signs everywhere saying no photography, no photography. The ushers aren't even ushering. They're just walking up and down the aisles carrying signs saying no photography, right? Mm -hmm. And my friend Jennifer pulls her camera out or her phone and she's like, (laughs) I'm just going to take one. I'm like, Jennifer, no. My anxiety is high. Well, especially since you – it's not like you just bought tickets. Like you work there and then not only that, your boss – Got us these seats. Got us these seats. Yeah. And is sitting at the other end of the, oh the row. Oh, my God. So I, 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 I kind of disguise it instead of being like, you're, you're making me nervous. Or, Jennifer, my job. I say something like, you're going to get us kicked out of here. And she ends up taking a picture of the program and posting it online instead of the stage, which is better. And she said something to me like, I don't care if they kick me out, but I don't want you to lose your job or something like that. So she was fine. The play was really Wait, good. Wait, hold on. Can I interrupt you for a second? Do you mind if I do a news story right now? Yeah, go. The body of a headless woman in her early 30s was found in the San Francisco Bay just floating <laughs> as if she'd been on a fancy night out. Police have no suspects, but all she had was a camera in her hand and a program for the curious incident of the dead dog on the stage, or whatever it's called. Anyway, I just wanted to do that news story. Go ahead. If she was listening to this, she's not a podcast person, but if she was, she would be so flattered you called her early 30s. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, the play was great. You should totally see it. um, it, it, Did you say it's coming to LA? Yeah, it's coming to LA. Okay, good. Yeah, you should try to get in to see it. Um, it was really good. It's kind of about about it's kind of about a kid that has autism. They never mention autism, but it's he's got something like autism or Asperger's, and um, it's good. It's kind of there's some like jarring sound effects and lighting effects um, that hurt a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like older folks really <laughs> hate that. Um, but I liked it. I don't know. Hmm. So what else is going on with you? It was my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. As we discussed, you know, with John Paul gave me his gift. And uh, friend of the, friends of the show, Chris and Mercedes, had a very tiny little, like, shindig at their house uh, on 4th of July. I mean, if, for those of you who don't know, I'm born on the 4th of July. And uh, so my birthday is always, a, you know, when I was a kid, I loved it. As I've gotten older, it's become more and more difficult. 
you know? Um, I think if I had a giant fierce house, it wouldn't be that difficult. But uh, I don't. And uh, so in this case, it was Mercedes had a small little thing in her house. Uh, It was really just her family, uh, a couple of friends of hers, and then uh, actually friend of the show, Jay Ellis, came. He popped over. And a friend of the show, Adam Vaught, was in town, so he came. That was my contingency at the party. Um, Is it weird that I wanted to tell the Johns? Well, let me revisit it. I wanted to tell John Paul. But I had this policy of, if John Paul calls me, I'll invite him. But I wasn't going to put it out there because I just didn't want, I was still so mad at evil John. Is that bad? No, I, I, I'm I mad at Evil John. Yeah, it's one of these things where, like, historically for my birthday, my birthday's always been very stressful for me ever since I was a child. And this is why I like really, really, really tiny, small things. And, um, and I felt like Evil John would have stressed me out. But, like, if he would, if John Paul would have called and said, what are you doing for your birthday? I would have invited him. But yeah. I was going to let him work it out. So anyway, um, it turned out John Paul had stuff going on, so it's fine. But here's the thing, too, that I will say this about this birthday, is I got so much love on this birthday, which I'm so appreciative of. Oh, my God. It was just the love was intense, like, that I got. Like, people saying, happy birthday, birthday presents. Um, it was just a really, really, really great birthday. And not that I didn't need that. I mean, I, any anytime I can get that, it's, it's great. Everyone wants to feel loved on their birthday. But it's what's so funny was a year ago, I had just broken up with Cameron, like mm-hmm. and within a, a, less than two weeks before. Mm-hmm. Maybe all closer to a week. And Cameron who? Exactly. More like Cameron too. Exactly. Sorry. And, uh, and I had just broken up with him. I was still hurting big time from that. And, um, and I didn't really have that many, for some reason it was like, and I think I remember you having insight on this last time, but I remember thinking like, not that many people's have like there were a few people, but it was a very, very like mellow birthday. I had nowhere to go really. Um, I spent it with the Johns, just the, just the three of us really for the most part. And like, it, like no one really said happy birthday. It's people, I was just sort of like, no one ever actually said happy birthday. It was weird, but that was I probably could have used the love then. Sure. Does that make sense? I'm not unappreciative of the love I got this year. It's just weird. Like, why did I get it this year and not last year? I I don't know. I, did I have insight on that before? <laughs> did I? Did we not talk about this, Joey? I have a weird one. My next story is weird. Oh, what's your story? It's not a happy story at all. But um. Uh, Steve and I went to dinner uh, last Friday night mm-hmm. uh, over by Lake Merritt in Oakland. And uh, right, a- we finished dinner around 7.30. We're walking. Uh, we ended up walking. Uh, so Steve lives on the lake, and the lake is a three-mile radius. Mm-hmm. And uh, we walked the short way to dinner, and then we ended up walking the, you know, the long way back. So a three-mile walk that evening. And as we're walking back... On one side of the lake, there's like a bridge that goes over. It's not technically a lake because there the water comes from the ocean, from the bay. So there's an inlet or outlet or whatever. I never right? want to know the names of those things are. Yeah. So there's that. Oh, God. And there's, Here it comes. You know, I'm not going to even say it. 
This per- <laughs> oh my god, we're so getting email the second this person hears it. <laughs> um, and there's a uh, inlet or outlet or whatever, and there's a little bridge that goes over it, right? And as we're approaching the bridge, almost to Steve's house, um, man, what's weird? It's a nice warm evening. And there's a lot of people out. The The lake is always busy with people running and um, exercising and walking their dogs and picnicking and all this kind of stuff. It's yeah. always happening at the lake. And we're walking around and it's a busy day. And this man who's jogging, I have no idea why he says it to us, but Steve and I are minding our own business. And he comes right in front of us mm-hmm. and he's like, you don't want to go that way. And we're like, what? why? Yeah, he's like, don't go that way. But by the way, I'm not about to walk three miles around the lake in the other direction yeah. to get home. I'm like, okay. And he s- said, I, a guy, we think a guy just killed himself <gasps> right there. And we're like, what? So we basically decide instead of walking over that bridge, we're going to walk a little bit out of the way, but on the street sidewalk. So getting away from the lake and closer to the street, right? Yeah. What's stupid about what we did was if we walked over the bridge, we would have just walked through kind of the drama. Mm-hmm. But because of the the route we took, we basically got a perfect view of the whole bridge. Joey, this guy hung himself <gasps> on the bridge. No, I have nightmares. I'm having nightmares right now. You just saying that, and you can see we, the body hanging. Yes. Yeah, no. So, oh my god. Yes. And Joey, Steve, and I were like, "Don't look." And Steve is, like, the most logical, um, like, mild-mannered, not not, a, not overly emotional person. Like, he just has it together. And he's like, look, Mike, don't look because when you, when you see it, you're not going to like what you see. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just better. Why don't we just walk right by, right? Joey, neither of us could not not look. Oh, I would not we, look. I'm sorry. I would not you look. Ha- like, it's impossible. Like, it, it it's a mind game because our brain was like didn't know where not to look so we had to identify what to avoid looking at mm-hmm. you know what i mean so we both looked and he was just hanging there still swinging a little bit and what were the police doing so joey it had just happened he was still swinging oh. and people were freaking out and as we're walking we hear sirens ambulance come fire come police come like we're seeing all of these car these um emergency vehicles respond very quickly. We just went home like you know st- we're, we're not going to help by standing there watching them do whatever they're going to do. So we just left. But isn't that fucking crazy? I'm disturbed saw- and I wasn't there. Yeah, we saw it happen. And why did the guy say to us, "Don't go that way?" Isn't that weird too? Well, he probably knew you were a suspect. And so yeah. <laughs> he didn't want you to get caught. Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah. <sighs> That's horrible. That's horrible. Yeah, and well, you know what's what even more horrible? Too? And you know what's even more frightening? What? That wasn't even your leadoff story. Well, I had to do them in chronological order. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but shitty too. I mean, um, Steve walks that bridge to get to the BART every day. I don't know. I should ask him. I don't know if I should even ask him thinking about it. I was going to say, like, ask him if he's creeped out about it. But then if he isn't creeped out about it, will he now be creeped out about it? I don't know. I don't want to get too into this. Um, Yeah. But somebody that's been mentioned on this show before um, 
just found his father dead. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And uh, this is in the past week. And uh, I've been talking to this person. And what I find strange is he's still staying in the house. I don't know if I could. I I have mixed feelings about that. I mean, I, it depends on what happened. Like, tragic murder, I probably would feel like I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Natural death, maybe I'd be a little more open to it. I mean, I don't know. And Death is very natural. It's as natural as a bowel movement. And I go into houses all the time where people have bowel movements. I don't know. I... I don't. I'm not a one to believe in ghosts and spirits and that kind of thing. So I guess I kind of believe in ghosts because even on that documentary we watched, The Keepers, uh, the nun had a roommate. Uh, they lived in an apartment, and they talk about in the documentary one, another a, f- a former nun who's still alive took over this nun's room, like right after the nun died or went missing, and I would just be so creeped out. The whole I wouldn't. I don't know. If I said to you, hey, Mike, um, my roommate died in the room. You want to take over the, the lease? What's the rent? <laughs> yeah, the bear. That would be a real thing. Yeah. I'm I'm open to, like, seeing how I would feel. I, I haven't uh, – basically what I'm saying is, like, my mind is not made up that I couldn't live in a house where somebody died. Do you believe in For ghosts? For all I know – I don't know. For all I know, somebody's died in this bedroom. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that. This, my house is 115 years old. Like, shit has probably happened in this house. Have you ever had a supernatural experience or a, a, a ghost experience? No, I don't believe in them. I think that there's coincidence. I think our brains want to believe things that. I mean, just think of what magic is. Like, you you want to kind of connect the dots. Like, you don't always have to like show them everything. The brain kind of puts stuff together. So that's what I feel a lot of times is happening. It's like, oh, I, I feel a chill, chill, I heard a noise or whatever, and then your brain kind of connects it into and makes you think it's some sort of spirit or supernatural thing. Hmm. That's what I think. The end. Well, do you have any news stories we're going to do, or what do you want to do that? I have no news stories. I should have – I, I know I, I knew this was coming. I should have prepped a news story, but I don't have a news yeah. story. I did see this in the news today, though. We can talk about this. This is not me reading. I'm just telling you. So, for, like, for years, this Eric Garcetti, who was the mayor of Los Angeles, he's been had such a boner to bring the Olympics to Los Angeles in 2024. Yeah, Trump's working on that, it. I, that's what I was going to talk about. Is I guess now Trump's saying, like trying to take the credit for it because it, it's pretty much a given that LA is going to get the Olympics. Okay, not in 2020. The, uh, the what's funny has to do with Trump. The debate is whether, basically, are they, are they going to give the Olympics to L.A. in 2024 or in 2028? Because the rumor sure. is that the Olympic Committee has been so impressed with both Paris and L.A., it's between those two cities, that they're thinking for the first time they may do a double um, like naming. And so one of them will get 2024 and the other will get 2028. And obviously everyone wants the sooner one. And um, so... I've read one of the hesitations is because there's a possibility that Trump could still be president in 2024, so they don't want to give it to L.A. because of that. Sure. And um, so anyway, but now I saw that Trump's trying to take credit for the work that's being done on the Olympics in L.A. in 2024. What the 
fuck is wrong with this man? I don't know. You know, I can't watch news anymore. I really don't. I'm, I consider myself a news junkie and a political junkie, and I'm a voracious consumer of that. And I've pretty much, for the past two or three weeks, just stopped reading news or... Well, news I read, but like not political news. I avoid any kind of political news now. I just can't anymore. It just gets me too angry. What about yeah, you? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I do. I I watch a lot of it. Um, I it, it's to the point where like CNN is on, and it's like the same three people saying the same three things over and over, and I watch it for hours, and I don't know why. Cable news is really awful. Like it's not even news. It's just people talking about news but i don't know i watch it and i'm addicted to it i do really love rachel maddow and like the work that they do mm-hmm. um but for the most part it's the cable news is not that great no and it just makes me it just makes me angry and upset and so i don't like being angry and upset so i just avoid it i hear you i actually had to give it up right after the election we've talked yeah. about that uh but i've since gotten back into kind of the groove of um listening to the news I, you know what i really like and you might get into this because it is political news but it's pretty straightforward you might have already tried it there's two shows i listen to every day um one is called the daily and that's from the new york times and it's pretty good and npr one has npr has one called um up first and those are both about 15 minutes and it's like here's the news that's happened in the last 24 hours only the news and the facts it's not people analyzing the news very much or anything like that it's just like here's the latest stuff that's come forward um pretty fast and easy to kind of digest so i I like both of those maybe i'll check it out i even had to give up my political podcast so i i long ago i gave up pod save america but um now i can't even do political gab fest anymore i i haven't done political gab fest in a long time oh i used to be addicted to it yeah npr politics too i got over once sam sanders left the uh, young African-American guy on there. Was he hot? Um, I have a story about that, but I'll tell you later. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, I do have a news story, but I'm going to skip it. We're we're almost at an hour. Let's just go. What do you got going on next week? Well, I'm actually, as soon as we get off the phone, or yeah, as soon as we get off this phone call we're on, I'm oh. going to hop in the shower and then I'm going to go see uh, my cousin Richard. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show... Uh, I have a gay cousin named Richard who's a wee younger than me and gay. For those of you that joined us in the last 15 minutes, because <laughs> you said it earlier. <laughs> uh, I, uh, he and I are going to have, we've been having these things called Cousin Day. Like last time, oh, we should have talked about this. Last Cousin Day, Richard and I went to uh, a cemetery in East LA, mm-hmm. a Jewish cemetery. And here's the. Oh, I knew this. Yeah, here's the weird thing with the. With, this is, I, it's always fascinating me, so I'm glad we did this is for, uh, up until, like, uh, post-World War II, soon after World War II, Jews weren't allowed to live uh, with everybody else in L.A. Well, no, neither were blacks nor Mexicans. And white people were sort of segregated. And it was called it was a process called redlining. So, a- as a result, a lot, there's a lot of Jewish cemeteries with, like, notable people in them in East L.A., and so, in this cemetery in East L.A., you have some very famous people. Uh, in terms of show business, I mean, some of them are like the Three Stooges are buried there, you know? Mm-hmm. But also, and this is really weird, is almost all of the heads of the old studios, so very powerful men, 
are all buried in this small Jewish cemetery in East LA, like in the ghetto. So like all of the Warner brothers are buried there. Louis B. Mayer is buried there. Uh, I don't know if you know who Carl Lemley is, but he's buried there. Like all, they're all buried in this tiny Jewish cemetery in East LA. So Richard and I went there. So that was our first cousin day. And so our next cousin day is today. Um, I think Richard's choosing for us what to do, but um, we're doing that. We're going to have lunch and go do some sort of adventure. Cool. That sounds fun. Yeah. What else? Anything else? Uh, I am. Sub- I have a meeting in L.A. tomorrow, and then um, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure there's something else, but that's the only thing I can think of off the top of my head. What about you, Mike Lawson? Boring stuff for me. I got, um, oh, I'm working on a website that I'm working for somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, just a lot of work stuff. We, Steve and I have date night tonight. So that'll happen. Just boring, regular stuff. What do you guys good. do on a date night? Um, eat food and watch TV. <laughs> God, I'm so I would love that. <laughs> it's actually good. I mean, we basically just chill. Um, sometimes we'll go, you know, to a specific place that we want to go to. Like, specific is a weird word, but we'll go to a like. A destination where like oh we always wanted to try x y or z but a lot of times it's like hey that burrito joint next to your house let's do, do you that. have sex and first and then go eat or do you eat and then have sex no, we don't necessarily have sex on date night actually oh, okay date night's more of a faster affair there's usually not you know a separate outfit mm-hmm. so it's like you keep the clothes on that you're wearing the whole time mm-hmm. for date night now, weekend night, that's different. Though That includes, like, soft pants and more relaxed attire. And are you guys affectionate? Like, do you guys kiss goodbye and hello and stuff? Yeah, yeah, we, a lot. We're so really affectionate. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, I mean... Um, uh, um, 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 uh, um, uh, um, Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.